0: Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode,
1: I've had multiple coaches. You know, a common factor has to be that you feel you're able to put your hopes and dreams into that person's hands and allow them to take you there.
0: Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot, and here's your host, Jake Lowe.
2: It's my favorite day of the week. It is Wednesday, podcast day. It's. It's not Wednesday. What? It's Tuesday. Well, it's, yeah, it's not, I mean, it's not, it is Tuesday, it is Tuesday, but Wednesday is podcast day and that's when people are going to be listening to it, Pr- predominantly, I mean, people might listen on other days, of course, but we we typically record on a Tuesday, I, I, I mean, I get that. So
3: to clear it up, um, we record on a Tuesday, it's released on a Wednesday, but of course, with podcasts being the way podcasts are, anybody could
2: listen to it on any day. Whenever It could be any time, couldn't it? Maybe we just don't mention days from now, or maybe we'll just talk about your weekly dose of running motivation. We could do. We could do that, yeah. And we could say that it's released on a Wednesday, but... I mean, is this a show meeting or is this a show? I don't know what's going on. What do we do? Maybe we should have spoken about this before we started recording. If anybody's just new around here, if anybody's just started <laughs> listening to us and they're new around here, this is probably not the best place to start. I mean, we have a great show lined up today, so in many respects it is a good sure. place to start. But I appreciate that if you've just tuned in, if you've just downloaded the episode, if you're just streaming us while you're out on your run for the first time, you're probably thinking, this what? Uh, what's going on?
3: You're probably thinking I'm after some running motivation. I'm not after people arguing about what the day is. That's probably what you're thinking. But, This is a good entry point, because I think this is a good rounded show that we've done today, uh, and we've got some cracking guests, so I've got a couple of guests, and that's always nice. But having said that, I also think that episode 14 is a nice entry point. So if you want to go back and listen to episode 14, that might also be a nice place to get into this. I think the pilot, episode 1, demonstrated us to a certain extent, but by episode 2, we'd kind of lost our way. And, you know, to the point where a Paralympic gold medalist told me to f*** off.
2: Yeah, he did, actually. I do recall that. That's etched on my brain. I mean, to be honest, I thought that was it. I thought the show was pretty much done at that point. Uh, and, and we would not yeah. be recording on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It doesn't matter what day. The show is done and dusted. But no, we're back. We're still going. This is good. This is good. I actually quite liked episode 41. Thought that was pretty good. That what happened on episode 41? You know, we had that guy on. Really motivational.
3: Which the guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we did mm. have the guy on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the guy on. Mm. Uh, we had Sonny Pert on. That was a really good episode, Crackin'. actually. forty-one's a nice entry point. Hooting Trails and Tricky Gates. Love that one. Was the with the title of the episode yeah if you already listened, definitely worth a replay always and of course there was a one about Buzz Lightyear which I think we probably went too
2: far I think you went too far on you overshared on that one Yeah, we do that a little bit don't we overshare but you know what I think sharing is caring and I genuinely mean that That that's a bit of a bumper sticker phrase I appreciate but I think we're very open on the show if you are new here quite seriously and you're listening wherever you are in the world or on Mars I don't know it doesn't matter it is just fantastic to have your company and we are very open on the show. And we have some amazing guests and they're open as well, which is good. I think we've created a good podcast culture here. And that's the first time I've ever used that phrase in my entire life. Yeah, I think we have. And if you are listening on Mars, by the way,
3: then whatever router you're using, I need that. Because my router won't get around the whole of the house. It certainly won't get to
2: Mars. So the point is, it's a great show if you are new. Yes, we do lose our way on occasions and we overshare. But stick around. <laughs> Even if Peter has a pants router, we are going to provide you with world-class running motivation.
0: Running with Jake, the podcast. Your weekly dose of running motivation. Out every Wednesday. Never miss an episode. By subscribing now.
2: Right now on the show, we're talking to Mary McLennan, who is a GB athlete, and with two other British athletes, she started a campaign raising concerns about temporary bans being handed out to coaches who breach their licences, specifically in the context of physical or sexual misconduct. Mary, were you surprised by the response and reaction that you've had from this campaign?
1: Yeah, um, well, and we definitely were surprised at the lengths that it did end up reaching. I think initially, so we um, posted the petition on a Friday and it did take off, um, perhaps beyond our expectations. But I did think, you know, this is really important. Our message is really clean. It's really simple. We're not asking for anything out of this world. We're asking for something that should already be in place. And to be honest, that was the reaction from most people. Um, and I think at that point, we got about 300 signatures moving towards 500. And, you know, we were really happy with that. And we were we were really overwhelmed. Um, but I did, I wasn't hugely surprised. Um, obviously, it's nice to see that kind of um, manifesting in front of you, because we had an go- open Google Doc, so you could see people signing their names, which is really exciting. But when um, it came to the Monday, we so the petition had been out for three days and signatures had kind of started to wane, um, we decided to launch an Instagram campaign. So we had people posting images of themselves in black and white um, with you know, I've signed the petition, your turn, tag three friends and like hashtag UKA zero tolerance. Um, and that's when the the petition really took off. Um, we It was uncontrollable. It became a full time job. Um, it was just constant people always logging in, like the document was crashing, so we had too many people on it. It really felt like we were doing something big and people really cared about it.
3: It's something when I found out about it, I was actually amazed that it wasn't the case already, so it's about um, physical or sexual misconduct or harassment uh, that coaches um, may put on to athletes. And uh, at present and previously, it's always been that they've been handed what temporary bans.
1: So obviously, it depends on what the um, board decision has been. But yeah, so essentially. Hmm. Prior to our campaign we had um, temporary bans and partial bans. So what that meant in reality was that there were some coaches with one-year bans, two-year bans, five-year bans and there were other coaches who were perhaps not allowed to coach athletes under the age of 18 or weren't allowed to coach in particular clubs. So we basically questioned the justification or reasoning behind that because in our minds, if and we're not parents, but if we were parents and we were dropping our kids off at a track, I would want to know that the person that I'm leaving with my child with is absolutely squeaky clean, is safe. And also to know that no other young girl is going to make a report and then go down to the track and see the coach that they've reported coaching other athletes, just to try and promote a safer sport, ultimately.
3: If, you know, if this stuff happened in a school, then that teacher would never teach again.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, we, you know, another one of our main arguments was if you change that word coach to teacher or doctor, then it's, it's a life ban. You can't get that job back. And we're not saying like you can't have a life beyond that. We're not saying that we want every one of these people behind bars. I don't think that's what this is about. This is purely about making the, so- the sport a safer place and ensuring the safety of athletes and the welfare of athletes. You know, just not, not putting these people back in a position where power can be abused.
3: And what was the justification, just out of interest, what when you asked the question, what was the justification for the uh, temporary and partial bans?
1: Um, that wasn't discussed. We actually didn't, res- you know, I think it's, it's to do with, um, like, people's human right to be able to work, like, your right to work and your right to, um, and, and it's just the system that's always been in place. I think it kind of copies or mirrors, rather, the legal system, um, which is... You know that's understandable and fine but i think it was you know we were also promoting the idea of having an independent body that's assessing these cases rather than it staying within athletics
2: abuse in any form is something that nobody on this planet should have to to deal with but what really strikes me about athletics and particularly the athlete coach relationship the relationship that you need with your coach is it's got to be born out of trust there has to be Absolutely. i mean somebody at your level. Mary, and you are spinning plates and you are clearly driven. I see that from what you do and the the power ten results and your Instagram. You know, you you you're really focused on what you're doing. You need that trusting relationship with that coach because it needs to be open, surely, right? For you to be able to to achieve and to 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 develop your running career.
1: It doesn't actually matter the level any level that you're at. You always need a coach athlete relationship that is based on trust that is open communication that has a mutual understanding of each other as well and I think that obviously those relationships do vary some people might be you know more have a more friendly relationship with their coaches and others might have a more simply professional relationship I've had multiple coaches um, and it has varied depending on that coach but I think you know a common factor has to be that you feel you're able to you know basically put your hopes and dreams into that person's hands and allow them to take you there um and you have to trust what they're doing
2: yeah i mean for those people that have never had coaching it's more than just the running isn't it it goes way beyond that it's factoring in everything lifestyle stuff emotions the whole the whole thing and if you if you haven't got that that trusting bond then it's not going to work it's as simple as that now you obviously this this open letter was was with your uh, fellow athletes anna and kate you you put this together mm-hmm. is yeah. this did you guys act as a I'm intrigued here. Did you guys act as a, a, a as a bit of a catalyst or to kind of push this and give this awareness or actually did people kind of know about it anyway within the athletics world? Was it something, that was it a bit hush-hush? Did people just kind of turn a blind eye? You know what yeah. I mean? Or was it something, yeah, no. oh, we can talk about it now, you know?
1: Well, I think, I mean, I'm not sure that we've quite gotten to the point where people are completely open to talking about it yet. Yeah, I hope that, I think that it needs to change from a, System level, and then hopefully it will work its way down into the culture. But um, anna has been working on welfare for about six years now, um, and I think that she has made some waves. But I think it was going to take something like this to make real, like you know, big change on on a, on a larger scale. Um, but no, the, from the responses that we received, people didn't know about this. I think most people were really shocked. I mean, we had Olympians messaging us saying. Are you serious? Is this the case? Like, if somebody is found to have abused, they can come back and coach. And, you know, we just had to reply, yes, that is the, currently the case. And I think people really, really had no idea. And I suppose if you've not been in an environment where that's happened or you've been privy to um, that kind of behaviour, then why would you know?
2: It's also a very positive environment, or it certainly should be. It's athletics. It's it's facilitating somebody's journey. It's about health and wellness and achievement and glory and all those things. So it's it's wrapped in this really positive kind of bubble, as it were. But it doesn't mean that there aren't certain things that are going on kind of underneath the surface. And it takes people like you guys to kind of say, well, look, here's the situation. It needs to change, it needs to change now. It does need to change massively and I think um,
3: just something you brought up earlier, Mary, and you you touched on very briefly and that was, you know, if somebody's been found guilty and they receive a partial or temporary ban and the person who made the complaint originally turns up to training and six months, a year, two years later, that person's there, I mean, how are you supposed to train under those conditions? That's a mind-blower, isn't it? That should never happen. Yeah,
1: exactly, and I think what we've discussed quite a lot amongst the three of us and also just, you know, with close family and friends, that it can completely change your relationship with the sport. And it's obviously really nice to hear you say that athletics is such a positive um environment that promotes, what, like, positive mental health and well-being. But I think particularly at a more elite level, there are things that can become perhaps more damaging um, obviously it's fueled by competitiveness and achievement and I think it is an environment where people are very determined they're very driven and can potentially get to a point where they're willing to do a lot of things in order to get that achievement and if that does mean turning a blind eye or you know um, not speaking out because it's going to detriment you I know that I've been in that position um, and I obviously can't speak for other people but It might happen. And so I think it's trying to um, develop a culture or foster a culture where people feel more comfortable and open um, in terms of coming forwards about anything, be that anti-doping or, you know, um, abuse Mm. from coaches.
3: Obviously, your reason for getting involved in this is because you made a complaint about a coach who you used to work Mm -hmm. with. Now, I I don't want to get into specifics, obviously, but just to give us an idea, how long was that going on for? And... At, at what point did you decide to to speak out and make that complaint, and, and why did that happen?
1: Um, so I was I worked with that coach for um, the majority of my um, early twenties, um, and yeah, it's it coming forward is something that takes a long time to decide, and it's also something that can be triggered by a plethora of different factors in your life. Um, I don't think there's any one thing that can be a deciding factor and I think it's a very personal thing as well. Um, For me it's sparked off of having a support system that I finally felt that I could trust in and feel confident in.
2: And what advice would you have Mary for for young athletes coming through that are perhaps experiencing things that they shouldn't be experiencing right now and they're seeing the campaign and and the drive that you guys are, are working on and the change that you're looking to to create. What advice would you would you give to those young athletes that are perhaps concerned about speaking out?
1: Speak to somebody you trust or speak to somebody who is older. Um you know, if it's an older female athlete then do that speak to anybody who you feel like you can trust I think you know I would welcome any young athletes to come and speak to me personally or Anna or Kate I know that we would point them in the right direction but also it's important to speak to your parents and I know that sometimes parents can be more or less involved with your athletics I know that um, my parents have had varying degrees of involvement across my time in the sport so I think that If that's not something that you feel you can do, then yeah, reach out to us or reach out to somebody you see as a mentor.
2: Picking up on something you mentioned earlier about elite athletics and and so competitive and everything matters and the drive to achieve and ambition. And that's really significant, I think, isn't it? Because, you know, I'm I'm listening, I'm thinking as you speak here at a recreational level, which I class myself as. That's what I do. I would just run for my own goals and wellness Things don't matter quite as much. The margins, you've got more room for error, as it were. Things don't have to line up quite as much as they do when you're looking at those marginal gains, when you are looking at, you know, 1% of improvement over three, four years for the next Olympics. Everything has to line up. And I think that's so, so important that all those people that you're surrounded by are on board with that. And you've got that trusting kind of, that, that unity, whether that's friends, family, fellow runners, and obviously coaches. Where did this... Come from and why now?
1: I think it applies to just a general feeling. In I don't know, in my social circles anyway, people seem to have gotten to a place not just with athletics but with everything that we're sort of tired of accepting the way things have always been, and you know, people want change. Um, people want to be making progress and no longer accepting, you know, bygone social standards or acceptable standards of behaviour. And I think, yeah, I mean, this campaign was um, provoked by recent case decisions that were um, posted on the UK Athletics website that I think it was just a shock to see that it's still happening, that there's still temporary bans. And I actually think that probably um, we've spoken with the CEO at UK Athletics, and I think that this was something that was on their list of things to tackle and I think we've just pushed it to the top of their priority list. Wow. So how does the future
2: look for you guys now? Where where do we go from here?
1: We are in communication with Joanna Coates from UK Athletics and we've been really encouraged by the response that we've had. She's said publicly that um, they will be implementing a zero tolerance policy going forwards which means changing the wording of some of their policies which is a huge step and a really important step. Um, she's also made it clear that there's a time frame to this. So she's stated four to six weeks. Um, I don't work in policy, Kate does. And she did question whether or not four to six weeks would be sufficient time to properly um, secure all of the documents being correctly uh, carried out. But but obviously at this point, we, we trust in what she says. Um, there's also going to be a new system in place um, an independent body assessing cases, um, has been discussed. And they'll, she has also discussed the launching of a system called contact me, um, which kind of functions similarly to the way that you can come forward about UK anti-doping suspicions, um, where you can log any suspicions or rumors or, you know, any uneasiness that you're feeling. Um, and you can, it can be anonymous or you can put your name to it, but The only person that's going to find out about that is Joanna Coates and then by this method she can monitor how much or how little alerts different coaches are getting and then you know she can decide to launch an investigation so it just means that it's going to be much better tracked and hopefully will encourage an environment where athletes feel much more confident coming forwards. Are you working with a new coach now? Yeah I work with Helen Clitheroe Um, so she's based in the north of England um, and was a I don't know if you guys know yeah, she was a Commonwealth and Olympic athlete herself, so it's awesome to work with somebody who's achieved so much um and means so much when she says like, Oh, that was a really fast session I'm like, Whoa <laughs> was it (laughs) (laughs) yeah clearly you're working with the right coach because i
2: can see you beaming ear to ear as soon as we 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 mention the coach that you're working with at the moment that's amazing and what, what do you think makes a good coach in your opinion
1: gosh i mean i've had a couple of coaches that um have been awesome coaches i lived in spain for a period and i worked with two coaches there um both were very different um but um, equally good um, in different measures. I think that a good coach is somebody who is willing to know you as a person because you're not just an athlete, you're everything that's in your life. So as you were saying earlier, it's not just about, okay, I'm a robot and I'm going to hit these times and I'm going to hit these splits and do this amount of miles every week. I'm also, I have a job and I've got a family and maybe I've got a partner and and these things can affect you, your mood, they can affect your attitude. Um you know i think it's important not to obsess over small details like how many hours you're sleeping and what kind of food you're putting in your body but also making sure that you just have an, an environment at home that is making you a happy person so like yes that does mean sleeping enough and it does mean eating the right foods but it's not um, placing too much importance on those tiny things and and i think promoting it as a balanced lifestyle like even at elite sport and elite level like I still think you need to have a really good balance between working really hard and also having fun and not putting all of your eggs in one basket excuse the cliche but it's so true and I've been in a position where I've put all of my eggs in one basket and they all broke (laughs) um so I think it's just really important to make sure that running isn't the only thing in your life and I think that that's one of the reasons why I chose Helen and you, she'd coached quite a few athletes who achieved some amazing things but also had a life um, outside of that. So it was important to work with somebody who knew how to make that work.
2: It sounds like you found the, find the right person there. You need to keep that relationship. That's awesome that you're working with Helen. How, yeah. how long have you you been, been together on this on this journey?
1: Just two years now actually. Um, I moved to Helen around February 2019. And
2: yeah. I, I love what you said there. You are everything that's in your life. I mean that's absolutely absolutely. on the money and I think everybody Mm. listening to this show right now can get something from that elite athlete recreational run it's so important isn't it that it's not Just the running. It may be super, 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 super important to you, but it's also about finding that balance and having a healthy and enjoyable life. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you on on the show. Uh, I really appreciate you spending the time coming and telling us about this campaign. I wish you all the the, the luck in the future with all these meetings that you are having and we get the change that we so desperately need. Uh, So the hashtag is ZeroToleranceUKA that people can follow if they want to uh, keep up with how things are going. But if there's anything we can do to help or support please do let us know Mary
1: thank you yeah we definitely will
2: for the show notes and video content go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast hi I'm Tim Lovejoy and this is my award winning podcast the Lovejoy Hour sponsored by Cooker this week, I'm talking to one of the most famous adult entertainers in the world, porn star Kieran Lee. or oh, so the first time you did it, you were in a car park?
0: Car park in Derby, Mark Keaton Park. On
2: Wednesday, Stephen Street, producer of the Smiths and Blur, tells me what it's like to be a music producer. And on Friday, the A to the Dan of Football reaches the letter M, and we've got a very special guest. Oh!
3: told us
1: he's done it. The magic
2: little man. Three podcasts in five days to keep you busy during lockdown. The Lovejoy Hour, available in all the usual podcast places and some unusual ones too. There you go, Blake, and nailed that. Running with Jake, the podcast. The only person that hopes you do actually cough up during a pandemic... It's
3: Patreon Pete. You can't make coughing jokes during a pandemic. Come on, it's wrong. It's wrong. I don't want anyone to cough. It's just the terminology I'm uncomfortable with. Uh, But essentially, you know, if you are fresh into this and if this is the first show, then please don't pay us. I appreciate that, you know, during the show today we have not earned anything at all. I know that. But... If you've been listening to the show for a little while and you enjoy and you want to be more a part of the show, um, then you can get involved with our Patreon, okay? You give us a few quid a month, that'd be lovely. Give us a quid a month. 50p a month. I don't think there's 50p is an option, but uh, give us a quid a month. I don't care. Uh, all you have to do is just search out Running With Jake on Patreon or go to the website runningwithjake.com forward slash Podcast. all the links are there do you know what no matter how many times I ask I'm still not comfortable about asking for money
2: it just doesn't sit right with me it doesn't <laughs> right time to get the next guest on We know how supportive everybody in the running community is. And for those of you that happen to know our next guest, I'm sure you will agree with me that he is a running community superhero. Not only does he have his own running goals, but he wants to help everybody else around him. And he's also set up a wellness initiative at work. So let me get this right, James. You didn't run today because your dog didn't fancy it.
0: He didn't fancy it, Jake. He's he's like one of these fair weather riders. Uh he looks outside, sees the wind mm. and the rain and went, not for me. That's fair <laughs> enough. The dog made the call. <laughs> what can you do? Do you, do you always run with a dog? Mm. Do, do you, you get out with a dog a lot, do you? No, it's a pain in the arse to be honest. I I, I love to I love to walk <laughs> with him. But taking him for a run, no, he gets too distracted and he just, well, it just ruins my run, basically.
2: Do you know, it's funny, the the mm. runners that I coach, <laughs> when I'm checking in on their sessions, I can always see if they've had a bit of a dog run. You know what I mean? It's like from the roots, they're kind of all over the place and the are pausing the watch every second for like, you have to have the little poop stops and all that. It can be a bit of a nightmare, can't it? Listen, it's great to chat to you. Brilliant to have you on the show. We've not spoken for quite a while. What's going on, man? How, how are things? Obviously, it's a crazy world at the moment. Are you keeping safe, keeping well? Are you going
0: stir crazy? Are you all right? I am keeping safe and well, mate. My running uh, is just took off again this year. I'm on day 12 on the wagon now, no alcohol. So I'm in a good place, Jake. Uh, I've still got a job, which I'm very grateful for. I've still got my health and family and, you know what, you just adapt, don't you?
2: You mention alcohol there. I'm sensing this is a hot topic for a lot of people at the moment. I think I read, was it recently, a report, and this is, this is pretty awful actually, James, that I think it's something like, and I want to get this quote right, half of... ICU staff are turning to alcohol to get them through the situation or have done it over the past 12 months and had pretty dark thoughts as well. This is up to half of the ICU staff. I've got a very good friend of mine that that is... She works in ICU. And you just think, man, this is is harsh, isn't it? People need some positivity. What made you come off the alcohol? What was the kind of motivation there?
0: Well, if... um If anyone knows me, Jake, they know I I like a sherry at Christmas, to be honest. I've I've always liked to drink, um, night before races and all sorts. I've I've always liked to drink, but I, I thought to myself, no, I need a good spell off. This is a perfect opportunity now to have a good few months off it. And really cleanse the mind. Were you slipping, if I can
2: ask you that, James? Were you, Were you? you? Did you kind of, kind of catch yourself going, well, this is, you know, I'm consuming too much or drinking too often? Or did you just think, Do you know, now's the right time, I just want to make a change?
0: I don't mind telling you, mate, I was drinking probably too much. It turned into, like, most nights. But I was still getting up for work, no problem. Still running, no problem. But I just thought to myself, no, someone's got to give here. And uh, already, in the first, what would I say, 12 days, the energy that... That, that I've got now is just unbelievable and it is, it's, your mind so much clearer, you think a lot more sharply. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I'm never going to go back to alcohol, because I am. I'm, I'm having a bar made in my garden, for Christ's
3: sake. <laughs> 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 um, you've you've, you've got, got to use that. that. I know that I've been in a similar situation where I end up drinking a glass of wine or a couple of beers a night, and it becomes a thing, and you realise, actually, I don't remember the last time I had a night where I didn't have mm. a drink. And then, I think you start to ask yourself that question, am I a addicted to this. What's the situation with it? And you continue to drink every night and you still don't really address it until, like you say, like you've done and like I've done as well, where I've gone, yeah, I'm I'm coming off this because you need to know that you're in control of the situation. And then having had a few days off it and then you 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 gain your own new routines and like i'll have a chamomile tea at night and and i'll sit there and, and watch some tv or whatever i, I realise that rather than actually being addicted to it, it i'm
2: just addicted to a habit you mentioned you're on fire with your running come on let's get positive tell me my friend what what's what's going on at the moment now what have you been doing this year because some people are bummed out with lack of races you know so where do you sit on all this what are you doing
0: so to substitute the the alcohol absence yes i've just really focused on my running there i mean already ran probably 40 mile a week anyway jade but uh we're just up in it slightly now as well so i ran a solo marathon the other sunday um 5k loops from my house so no one could moan that i drove anywhere just to just to do it and and, and just to show people that you can do it from your house and you don't need big crowds and you don't need big races just go out there and do it man did
2: you, did you miss the whole events and and being part of that stuff because you know you're such a sociable guy aren't you? i mean i want to i want to ask you about your running club symphony running club i know many of the guys and girls there and you know such a warm friendly club and i know you love getting involved with those guys do, do you miss that stuff or you are you kind of
0: okay just doing your own thing you know what jay I, i've always been a social butterfly i really have and it's great going out in crowds and running but when i go out on my own I can just switch off, and um, as Liam Gallagher uh, calls it, shuffling the pack, so I can I can just get everything in my head all leveled out, all straightened up. So I don't Love mind that. running on my own at all. But obviously, yes, yeah, so I'm missing the the social side of the club.
2: Why do run. you run? Where did it all start for you? What what? How did you get into it?
0: So at school, I was a, a pretty good runner in my year. Um, I used to win the old hundred meters and four hundred meters, rawdy raw, and then. Uh, I was in the City Sports, remember City Sports? I do. Yeah, so I never used to win those, but I was always entered and represented my school, West Park. And then I kind of... It kind of died down, and then in my 20s, it was just drink and fags and partying and raves and, you know, the score. And I got to my late 20s, Jake, and um, I looked in the mirror, and I went to Dublin for a weekend with my girlfriend at the time and another couple... And I must have put on, I think it was over half a stone in one weekend in Dublin. And I got back home and I looked at myself in the mirror and thought, whoa, this, this isn't right for a 29-year-old, someone's got to give it. And I always remember my uh, my old gaffer at work, Chris Morrison, chairman of uh, Sinfin Running Club. And he said, come down, come down to the club, get you running. So that's what I did. And uh, I've never looked back since, mate.
2: When people find their running, as you see, you see new people coming into the club and joining and, you know, almost taking your place or going through that experience that you had back in the day. Because we've all got a story, haven't we? You know, and I think sometimes it's... We love to get into that on the show, you know, find out a bit about runners and what... Why they do it? Because we don't have to. And it isn't just for physical and mental health in the sense that it doesn't it doesn't have to be running it could be something else
0: it's amazing and i'll never judge anyone on their um, hobbies or interests like that because that's what makes us all so diverse and unique i suppose isn't it? but from the first couple of runs i did i mean don't get me wrong i couldn't run a bath when i first started i was puffing a panting, and blowing out my ass all over the place <laughs> as most people are aren't they though <laughs>
3: That's what I do every time I go out there, mate.
0: Absolutely. I've still not got past that. Yeah. I mean, I remember my first run, I had to turn back after two minutes because I forgot something. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot I was fat and I couldn't run for two minutes. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you, you, soon, you soon get this, uh, this base level of fitness. Well, well, I did anyway, and, and it gave me the confidence then. And when I started entering races, I, I mean, I've never looked back, and uh, I, I'm really proud of what I've achieved um, o- over the last... 11, 12 years, uh, and it's changed my life running completely. Some
2: of you, in terms of, like, the reasons, that we know why you started running, what are kind of your reasons why you go, do you know what, today, this is why I run. This is why I do it.
0: Like I said earlier on, when I go out and I can shuffle the, shuffle the pack mentally, I come back in a much, much better mood. I mean, I mean, my wife will tell you, if ever we're having a bit of a, well, not an argument, if I'm a bit ratty, for example, she'll just say, go for a run, because she'll know I'll come back a different person.
1: Does your, yeah. does your wife
0: run james my wife has done a bit of running um unfortunately she's had some bad injuries and she's got to go for further surgery uh this year on her foot so it's not for because she doesn't want to it's uh it's, she, she really struggles
2: it's so difficult isn't it with it with the running thing i think that's the flip side we're talking about all the amazing benefits but there is a flip side when you've got an injury or a niggle I know you've experienced many over the years I certainly have and probably everybody listening to this show now and it's how you manage manage your mind have you got any thoughts or advice for people that are listening to this that are perhaps
0: injured and you know they want to run but they're like oh man I, I can't run and you're a bear with a sore head for a while I think everyone is I think that's just uh, that's just nature but really you really have to think about it don't you and depending on your injury you think right there's no point rushing back because that, that is the biggest mistake going and we've all We've all been guilty of that, haven't we? Trying to rush these things back. But now, the last bad injury I had, Jake, is when I fell over doing a a speed session down Infinity Way in uh, November 2019. Very embarrassing. My pride took a big dint. Physically, it absolutely wailed. I was running at near enough 100% sprinting, and hamstring went. Uh, I've ne- never ever experienced anything like that in my life uh, you've seen it on the pitch with the footballers well it felt like someone had shot, shot me and I just fell over on concrete and completely cut my knees, hands, ankle to ribbons stretched my hamstring it was, oh it was vile two weeks later I had to have eye surgery as well I was in a pretty bad way in, in November 2019 I, I was pretty knocked up you just got to think right you do heal if you give in time and injuries come well, they come to every, every every sportsman in 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 every every field of sports it, it, it's just nature of the beast isn't it and you've got to think to yourself that you are you are running a lot more than you're injured so what's the target then what's going on this year have you got some uh, ultra stuff or so a friend and i are in berlin later this this year september if it's still on Berlin will be my uh, third major, so I aim to do all the six majors in the next probably five or six years. And then I'm hopefully doing another big charity event uh, a bit later on this year.
2: You love doing like your charity stuff, don't you, and getting, getting the awareness out there and supporting other people. I mean, you are a proper pillar of the running community, kind of the core of the running community in Derby. And I don't say that lightly, by the way, James. I think you know that. And I don't think there's anybody that knows you in and around Derbyshire that would disagree with that because you have your own goals but you clearly clearly want to support other people and help them with theirs and you want them to do well as well you did obviously quite a bit of charity stuff so tell me about the 10 in 10 what was that about man that was bonkers
0: thanks for those kind words by the way jake Appreciate i mean that. it i mean it i'll uh i'll send i'll send the check later on <laughs> um yeah so the 10 in 10 was at at work, we had a director at Rolls-Royce and he reached out to, to everyone in the Derby site saying, look, we've got this, this charity, this hospice, Rainbows, for kids with life-limiting conditions, really, really struggling, like most charities are during COVID. Um, can we come up with some initiatives how we can raise some money? And that's it. He put it to all the different SCUs, which is the supply chain units within Rolls-Royce. We got our heads together and we thought, right, how can we... How can we uh, really do some good work here? And a colleague and I came up with a joke book um, that, that we sold around. We made about 500 quid from this this joke book. The brown sprays book of terrible jokes, horrendous <laughs> joke book. Um, there was loads of uh, other initiatives like people shaving their heads and people were doing this and that. And I was just thinking, look, there's a few hundred pound here and there, but let's do something big here. What can I do big? So that's when I came up with this 10 in 10 challenge running the same five kilometre loop around all the Rolls-Royce sites every day and yeah that was it. I just put it out there, made some posters, put some comms out and it was just amazing and the support that I received from my running club, from colleagues at work, the people would dip in and dip out and join me for this 5k, because it was a 5k loop, it was dead easy for people to join me you see. And some people would just say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've come to join you for 10K, and they'd do a half marathon with me, because it was loops. And, because if you said to someone, oh, let's go and do a half marathon, they'd, they'd think twice about it, Jake. Do you know what I mean? But then smaller it loops, great. it's like, oh, I'll just do one more. Maybe I could do I'll one more. i just do one more. Just do one more. And then I'd influence saying, oh, come on, you've got one more in you. <laughs> I mean, I, I must have had three or four people over the 10 days who did the full, full marathon that day with me, which, which was great. The charity were absolutely over the moon with it i was i was happy that i could help them doing something that i love and yeah it was another big uh, milestone chalked off really
2: it's been fantastic to have a chat with you on the podcast i, I knew it would be you are at the core of the running community in derby and you, you know it i love it bless you it's just fantastic i really mean it it's just <laughs> it's awesome to connect with you james we ask everybody this on the show now and i cannot let you go without asking you this question this is but your weekly dose of running motivation. What does the word motivation mean to you? Motivation
0: is the satisfaction through achievement.
2: Love it. I'm, I'm going to let you get back to your dog chilling out for the rest of the day. Just man up a little bit. All right, show the dog who the boss is. Get out there for a run tomorrow. <laughs> don't, don't let him have any of it,
0: I'm telling you. Get him out there. Just a quick one. Symphony Running Club, fantastic club, family club, Awesome. Big shout-out to Sim from Renner Club. The guys are great there. Send uh, send my love to all of them, are not you, mate? God bless you. Gents, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Running with Jake, the podcast. Your weekly dose of running motivation, out every Wednesday. Never miss an episode by subscribing now. Today's
2: question in Hashtag Ask Jake comes from Jessica, who wants to know the best technique to uh, for running up a hill. Now, she's been told that it's a good idea to lean into the hill when running up a hill. Um, But it is giving her some lower back discomfort every time she tries this. Jessica, as long as there's nothing else going on, uh, kind of, you know, beneath the skin as it were, so as long as there's no other issues, it's worth bearing in mind that when you lean forward into a hill, which is the correct technique, it's important to lean forward from the ankle, not from the the hip. So if you're leaning forward from the hip or even the waist, you're kind of bending yourself in two, aren't you? You're kind of doubling yourself over, which could cause discomfort on the lower back. Imagine running very tall and leaning forward from the ankle, and that should aid your forward momentum and uh, should help you to get to the top of the hill much easier. I hope that helps. Obviously, if symptoms of the lower back do persist, it is definitely worth getting it checked out. Bit of further investigation from a physio. But let us know how you get on Uh, If you've got a question, it is hashtag Ask Jake, or you can drop us an email at runningwithjake.com forward slash plodcast. That brings us to the end of the best day of the week, whether it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whenever you're listening to, I don't know. I don't even know what day it is anymore, but what matters is this is your weekly dose of running motivation, and we will be back next Wednesday. We will, won't we? We'll definitely be back. It's in the diary, mate. I've got it in the diary. Good, but we're recording on the Tuesday, aren't we? Oh, send me another invite. (laughs) Look, we'll see you soon. Oh, and one more thing. The only way to improve is to get comfortable with the uncomfortable.